Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Colter, let's start with uh, the Montana State Bobcats and the news that came out yesterday. Denarius McGee is leaving Montana State's coaching staff to take a position with the Houston Texans of the uh, NFL. Uh, tough to blame a guy when he gets an opportunity to uh, to do something in the league. Now, we don't know what this position is yet, if he's going to be an analyst or some sort or what, what exactly it is that he's going to be uh, doing with the Texans. But congratulations to him. I think that's certainly going to be an exciting thing for him. It also so uh, leaves a gap. He was the running backs coach for Montana State, but also the recruiting coordinator. And that's a big position, you know, on a on a on a college football team, you know, to to be the the point person for recruiting. Now that does not mean that that the majority of going out and actually getting guys falls to you. I mean, that falls to the whole coaching staff, but it's it's a lot about logistics, and it is certainly about getting out and seeing guys, and as a former Montana State Bobcat, you know, he's a, a great guy to have in that spot, so this is this is a two-fold significance for Montana State and Jeff Cho. Oh, absolutely. I, I, there's a lot to, to talk about here. I think, first and foremost, Denarius McGee's biggest impact on Montana State since he first came to Bozeman back in 2009, has been his exuberant and effusive personality. I mean, right. there, there's the there's always great recruiting stories when it talks about groups of guys, especially when they open pipelines and then that group of guys ends up accomplishing great things. And the story of when a, a plane full of young men from the Dallas-Fort Worth area came to Montana State. I think there was 11 guys from the Dallas-Fort Worth area that came to Montana State on an official visit in January of 2009. And Daenerys McGee, who had just led Euless Trinity High School to the Texas 6A State Championship. I mean, if you've seen the the Madden commercials with the 
black and red high school team doing the haka dance, that's Euless Trinity. I mean, they're they're a national brand. And Denarius McGee was the quarterback of that team. He also happens to be about five foot ten. So he got a ton of offers, but they were all to play defense. No one wanted to play quarterback. Well, he's on the plane, and I think half the Texas guys were like, man, let's go to Montana State. This, they had just approved their stadium renovation. They were going to add the big south end zone. The, the program looked like it was on the rise. And I think some of the other guys were like, man, January, Montana, no thanks. I'll just stay home. I'll go play at Sam Houston State or something. That sounds way more fun than February in Bozeman. But Denarius recruited and recruited and recruited on that trip. And he talked Jody Owens and Everett Gilbert and um, – uh, who else was on that trip? A whole, I mean, I think eight of the 11 guys ended up committing, and like four of the, those guys went on to become not just starters, but, I mean, Jody Owens was the Big Sky Conference MVP. Jarius McGee right. was the Big Sky Conference MVP twice. These were the key players on Montana State's 2010, 2011, 2012 National Championship team. At one point, they had 22 guys from Texas, and I think Jarius McGee deserves a ton of credit for that. Mm. His most important position on Jeff Choate's staff the last three years has been as a a face of the program and, a, and an ambassador for the program. More than his ability to coach quarterbacks, more than his ability to coach running backs, more than even his ability to recruit football players. If you've ever met Daenerys, you never forget it. He's one of the most in-your-face likable... I mean, he screams... Ooh-wee! When you ask him a good question. Like, he's, he's the most entertaining <laughs> guy to interview I've ever had in my career. Like, right. he, he's, he's so funny. He's got those Mississippi roots and the Texas drawl and... He's just so excited about life all the time. So I think that his just endless energy is so good just to have on campus in general. I mean, he's an ambassador in every form and fashion, talking to the kid, any kid, not just a student athlete, keeping the energy high and the and the morale high in, in the offices. But then, oh, by the way, he did a great job coaching this year. I mean, Montana State's running backs group should have been a disaster. Troy Anderson, part-time. Isaiah Fonse, limping around for most of the season. Logan Jones coming off of a, a injury-riddled year that he had to take a red shirt in. He emerges as a breakout star. So he did a good job there. But then you mentioned the recruiting aspect, too. I think that Choate has put a priority on bringing former Bobcats back because they, when they're especially in recruiting, they can give that authentic pitch. And you're right. A, a lot of recruiting por- coordinators aren't necessarily in, in – in the trenches recruiting, but Denarius did both. He was an ace recruiter on the trail while also being the logistical organizer of the recruiting scene as well. So when it comes to the the, the state of affairs, though, now that is the, the case at Montana State, I mean, you talked about all the things that he did. That's all gone. And you're not going to replace, like, the, everybody's their own individual and has their own path or whatever that they've been on. And so whoever you find to take up that mantle, and by the way, you don't have to re- – hire a running backs coach who's also the recruiting coordinator whoever Jeff Choate wants to give the assignment of recruiting coordinator to he can do that and it may well be somebody who's on the staff right now we'll see uh well, and they've, they've shuffled that position around quite a bit sure. already uh Josh Toffolelli held it for a minute before he resigned from the program Matt Miller had it but then when he was the OC Choate didn't want him doing both so then they promoted Daenerys mm-hmm. so they've had multiple recruiting coordinators already but this is one of the situations where Jeff Choate has hired a very young staff, basically, and uh, they've been they've been very good, obviously very productive. They went to the to the national semifinal this past year. It also is just a fact about coaching college football at any level, really any football, that the the job uh, 
the jobs are pretty short-lived most of the time in terms of their duration, whether you get fired or whether you find something else that you want to go do. And we all know that there's a couple of different things that are going on for anybody who's working, but especially it seems like in college football, there is the, uh, the, the climbing of the ladder, whatever you want to call it, move it to another level, a higher level maybe. It's also for Denarius McGee, and this is his going home. I mean, going back to Texas where where he went to high school and is uh, is from and familiar with and that stuff, family, you know, decisions that you make on where you want to be and why you want to be there uh, are always part of the equation as well. Point being, when you have a young staff, you usually have a, a bunch of guys who are excited to work, who have high energy, usually who are pretty talented, which is great, and also who are very open to uh, you know maybe they haven't put roots down in a particular place or they maybe they do have you know a a, a, a vision about what their career looks like and the places that they want to go and that where, where they want to be maybe a head coach at some point in their lives and so on and so this is a very fluid thing as we all know and so now jeff choate looks on his rock on his staff and he's got no offensive coordinator no recruiting game coordinator and no running backs coach as of right now we talked about this the other day jeff choate's got the list, so to speak, whether it's an actual list or whatever, of he, he knows who the next guy that he wants if he loses a coach or whatever is in there, which you have to have. Uh, but now you're talking about two guys on the offensive side of the ball that are not there, and and who knows? I mean, we're still early in the off season here. I mean, you think maybe most of the shuffling is done, but you never know what's going to happen over the course of the next several months as we head into spring ball. Uh, but when you talk about filling that spot, those places in, a, in particular, the offensive coordinator, which is outside of Jeff Choate, the offensive coordinator is the biggest position on the coaching staff at Montana State because Jeff is a defensive guy, right? I mean, so this is, you are, you're not a co-offensive coach or, or co-head coach, excuse me, or something like that, but you have a ton of autonomy in what's going on on that side of the ball and 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 the buck kind of stops with you as the OC. So I'm very interested to see who, who Montana State brings in and how they fill these up. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Honestly, one of the most interesting parts about call it college football at the FCS level, specifically in Montana and the Big Sky Conference, that I think isn't talked about very much, is the structuring of a coaching staff. So the head coach has a contract that has a guaranteed base salary, and it's incentive-laden, and he's going to make at least this much, and he could make as much as this much. And it's paid for by the athletic department, which is then in turn paid for by the school and by the state. He's a state employee. So are the coaches, but the money comes from a little bit different areas. A lot of times it comes from the athletic department, or sometimes you can have, you can fortify your assistant coach's pool through 
booster money, whereas that's not necessarily the case for the head coach. Mm. But most, like, the rough number at the, and I'm not, I'm actually really fascinated because what's going on at the University of Montana right now, the fact that Bobby Houck is potentially entering his third season with no turnover on his coaching staff, that to me is unprecedented at this level. Correct. I'm not sure what his coaching pool is. I do think he has a lot of guys that are working for a lot less than they're worth just because they want to be here. I mean, Brent Pease was an offensive coordinator in the SEC. I mean, he, he could be he could be demanding mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars. But he's also found guys who maybe their their obvious their motivation is not simply financial. Right? Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. But what I'm getting at it, at least at Montana State, the last time I've looked at the numbers. The pool of money was between about four hundred and eighty and five hundred thousand dollars that that Jeff Choate has to divide amongst his staff. Now, that money got divided in a little bit different way a couple years ago when they added the extra assistant to the FCS level. So now you have an extra guy, but then you have to divide it up in a lot of different ways. But so, some coaches choose to go big and use maybe forty to fifty percent of that pool on coordinators. Pay your coordinators a hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and then splice it on down. Mm-hmm. Guys that have run game coordinator, pass game coordinator, you know, recruiting coordinator, director of high school operations. A lot of times, those guys get a little bit more money than the entry level positions. And then, oftentimes, you're going to have positions on your coaching staff that are getting paid between twenty eight and thirty two thousand dollars, not very much money at all. And those are usually the running backs, the cornerbacks, coaches, the places where it's guys that are in their first full time assistant jobs. Right. So that's why I think that the structure of the way that Joe does it is is pretty smart. We talk about his young coaches because, on one hand, you got a guy like Matt Miller who's a rising star in the coaching world, a, a very smart guy who was able to handle being an offensive coordinator before the age of thirty. Yeah. But then when he leaves, it's not that crazy detrimental to replace him. And it's the same thing with Denarius McGee. They're going to miss his personality. You can't replace a three-time All-American that's basically marketing your school at all costs. I mean, he's one of the great ambassadors for Montana State. But on the other hand, you can definitely find a very quality running back who's coach who's very hungry, and maybe he is also your recruiting coordinator, or maybe there's somebody else on your staff who you think is ready for it. So um, I think that the way Choate structured it is pretty smart in, in terms of that because you can replace guys that leave, and you expect them to leave because they are young, you've had success, and you want to help them out. I think that's the last part of this story, too. I know Daenerys applied for the offensive coordinator opening, he did not get it, and I think that Jeff Choate probably encouraged him to take this position and said, hey, man, if you want to be an offensive coordinator here. You know, to say, hey, 
I'm not hiring you. Here's why. And let me see what I can do to help you get the things that I think you need in order to have this position. If that's in fact the way that it went, uh, you know, that's pretty that's pretty stand up, you know, on the part of of Jeff Choate, it seems to me. And it's not hard. You know, it's not easy to have some of those conversations sometimes. You know what I mean? Especially guys who who maybe, you know, you're whether you're personally close with professionally close with certainly guys who have been uh, uh, you know, on the staff and have played at the school and to go, I don't think it's your time to do this yet. Uh, you know, kind of an interesting deal. It also makes you wonder about Matt Miller because Matt Miller took the offensive coordinator job. He's 27, 28, maybe when he right. first took the thing. I mean, that's, that's a young guy to be doing that. I realize it kind of happened in the midst of a season and they did totally. a big shakeup and everything like that, but that's, you know, noticeable. It is. The Matt Miller situation is pretty interesting, too, because Montana State had their backs against the wall. Their offensive play calling had just re- reached a point of of red alert. I mean, it was a disaster. And Choate knew he had to make a move, and he fired Bob Cole and demoted Brian Armstrong. And it was kind of a last-ditch effort. And the initial return was poor. They went to Idaho State and scored 17 points, and it was like, man, they're still struggling. This team can't miss the playoffs this year. They need to make the playoffs with you know the spectacular kid that they have in Troy Anderson. Yeah. But then Miller locked it in, and they won five in a row, and they won a playoff game. And that was the greatest trial tryout you could have. Because yeah. I, I mean, I, I think if they would have fizzled, not made the playoffs, that Choate would have he wouldn't have got rid of Matt Miller. But I think he would have explored a, another offensive coordinator. But then he gave Miller a chance to learn on the job, and Miller then thrived this last year, and they were actually good on offense this last year. You know, it's interesting too because. Th- a lot of this stuff, you know, you talk about putting in the work and doing all, you know, putting in your time and all that kind of stuff. So much of this is is just circumstantial. Like, does Matt Miller mm-hmm. end up at Boise State, back at his alma mater, on you know, on, in a good staff and a, and a top twenty five program? Right. If Montana State isn't straight bad on offense a year ago, you know, for for half of it, interesting. And and you know, maybe he does. You I know, I, but, I, know but I know what you're saying. The, the Matt Miller situation is a little bit different because I think that Matt Miller was predestined to be the wide receivers coach at Boise State at some point. At, su- at some point, right. no doubt. Right. right. And when and so when, when they've had overturned at the offensive coordinator spot multiple times, so then finally when they promote their wide receivers coach, it was kind of just science still delivered. It was almost obvious. Right. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Back to your point, though. I think this is a good one. Assistant coaches, especially at the FCS level, are spread so thin. I mean, I think that people know broadly how hard these guys work, but it, they these guys work really hard. No and when you're at one of the, I mean, when you're at one of the entry level spots and you're making thirty thousand dollars a year, and I mean, I bet you Daenerys McGee when you talk about it's not just in the season because they were doing 
visits to Bozeman in June. So you're talking about recruiting stuff from June all the way through the end of February. I mean, you're grinding every moment you're awake. And it's not like it's some crazy thing. A lot of people do it. I do it often as well. But you're spread so thin that I think a lot of times, especially in your development as, say, learning to be a play caller or learning all the ins and outs of offensive development, offensive play calling, offensive strategy, sometimes you can get kind of lost because if you're really prioritizing recruiting because you're the recruiting coordinator, now you're maybe not spending four hours watching film. Exactly. And that's one thing we've talked with Kane Ione about. Kane had always been a tremendous individual linebackers coach. Great at coaching linebackers. The the art of calling plays, he never really had a mentor when it came to that, even though he worked for multiple DCs, and he never really got a chance to concentrate on it because when he wasn't coaching linebackers, he was doing assistant head coach duties and he was recruiting. Well, so then when he went to the University of Washington and he got to be an analyst, he didn't have to recruit. He didn't have to coach. He didn't have to game plan. All he did was study football. Yeah. So K- Pete Kukowski and Jimmy Lake could just say, Coach Ione, what do you think of this? You know, you did the full scout on Stanford. How does our game plan look? And he could say, oh, but, you know, on third and six, Stanford's tendencies to throw the tight end mm-hmm. stick, so we should have this blitz in here. Truly honing in on it. Right. And I think that that's going to be one way where Denarius thrives because he's been – a graduate assistant, a quality control guy, a director of ops, you know, from his time at Fort Atlantic, North Carolina State, and then coming back to Montana State, coaching positions, being a recruiting coordinator. Now he gets to just to dig in on football. The guy already has a brilliant football IQ. And so this I think this has a chance to really develop his his acumen at a high level. And I think the other thing is that people maybe forget sometimes is that calling plays itself is an art. Just because you have a high football IQ, it does not necessarily mean you can call plays. How you go in there and actually navigate your way through a football game that's in motion and is changing all the time. There's yeah. great. There's been great offensive coordinators that were never good players at all. There's also been guys that were great players that went to be offensive coordinators and just got destroyed. Yeah. There's been all sorts of scuttle on who's going to be the next OC at Montana State, and names like Travis Lule have gotten thrown out there. And, I mean, we've had Travis Lule on this show a couple of times. He's a an exceptionally smart guy. He's very articulate. He's very personable. He would make a great college coach if he was to dedicate himself to it. But I think that broadly assuming that just because he was an all-big sky and professional-level quarterback that he could call plays, he probably could. But just to assume that it's directly... Resulting well, in success in time, right? Right. To some extent, that's what has always sort of baffled me. But I start to get a little bit, at least, about guys who walk off the basketball floor, NBA players, mm-hmm. and go right to being the head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke Walton didn't go right to it, but went to it very soon. Jason Kidd obviously mm-hmm. went to it. Tyron Lou, and you go seriously, like really? But then you look at it, and you go, well. The NBA is so much about it's, it's not they're not you don't it's so different. You're not play calling. You're not trying to you you get the your NBA, timeouts right, your relationships right, your your you know, time management right, and you're pretty good to go. I mean the NBA is so much more about ego and personality management, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean Luke Walton was a locker room guy, so that's why he got a chance as a coach because you know he'll he'll make the Lakers harmonious, which didn't happen. <laughs> but, but that was kind of the assumption, right? right. But there is I'm I'm just thinking of coordinators I've covered. All I'm saying is that in basketball, the learning curve for coaching can happen while you're playing at a much higher level than it can while you're a player in football, whether it's college or professional. Sure, sure, sure. And also, like, an NBA player like Luke Walton is not going to be able to step into a college job and be able to do exceptional there. Right. Because he's not going to know all the logistics of recruiting. Yeah, yeah. you got to call inbounds plays all the time. Like, it's way different. 
the play calling element of a college football game, though, I mean, there's it, it does take a distinct talent. Like you look at a guy like Ty Gregorak, being able to call plays in the line of fire from the sideline, like Ty used to do. Like it, it took him a couple years to figure it out too. But when he really would get rolling, it, it's a it's a part of your mind where. Yeah. You just you can instinctually feel what's next, and, and I mean, are you going to pitch a shutout every time? No, but just being able to handle the pressure, have the next play, have the next mm-hmm. play, have the next play. People would be surprised, man. In college football, you'd be surprised how often the play, especially on defense, is not called in right or not called in on time, and you're misaligned. And I mean, that's how you're giving up sixty yard touchdowns on third and thirty seven, like the Grizz did yep. in Bozeman in two thousand seventeen. I mean, that's how it happens. Two Tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Good stuff. Interesting. We will get to more of it. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. ESPN Radio. Working on a computer. Tommy's in on the show, not even speaking into the microphone. Sorry about that, people. Cardinal sin number one. I clean it up when we have guests. You're just eating bread on a piece of raw bread, like just like straight bread out of a loaf of bread. We're back. No, no, Tommy, I'm going to mute you until you're done eating. I don't want to interrupt your meal here. But some days you get to have a little fun on this here show uh, when our old friends come in here, young old friends, uh, and Tommy, who continues to do yeoman's work on the engineering side of things for us, but a producer here on this show for a good long time and brought us a number of stories which we're forever grateful obviously our annual coin dozer update we look greatly forward to every uh, fair season and uh, we're uh, we'll, we'll we'll be ready for that in august but tommy you've been filling me in for the last several days on sort of a daily update uh on the ongoing uh house sitting slash dog sitting saga that you've been uh uh, is that you agreed to this week for uh, some family friends who were out of town on a vacation. And so you are, are taking care of their house and their three dogs. And you uh, were right. planning and initially just to go up there and, you know, you know, feed the dogs, take them for a walk, whatever, yeah. maybe go stay in the comfort of your own home, you know, at night. And I said, you know, maybe it would be best if you actually just stayed up here we're having some, maybe some pilot light issues. Maybe there's some water stuff that would maybe some of those. No, none of that came up. It didn't really they, get mentioned. It just sort of was like, well, learn on the fly what's going on here. It was a really serious conversation. And by the way, thanks for having me back on the show that uh, I just love to hate so much. But we <laughs> went up there and, and they said, we want you to come up at least three different times to meet the dogs. 
get to know them, be familiar with them, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, sure. it's fine. And so throughout the course of those three different visits, uh, what had happened was these questions came up. And I love, love these people. Yes. So, you know, it's all in fun. But these questions came up like, so we keep a flashlight by this breaker box. Do you know how to flip the breaker just in case breaker goes off? And it's like, yeah. Well, why would that? I'm come? a radio station engineer. I can flip the breaker if I need. Built to. a few panels myself. Yeah, It'll yeah. be okay. Uh, all right. So when it comes to like a hot water tank, if the pilot light goes out, now do you have any idea to start that up again? Yeah, I do. And so all these questions were coming up, making me go, "Well, what is this about?" So they took off on Saturday, and that was my first evening. Uh, over there at their place, mm-hmm. and and things seemed to be okay. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm up here, I'm house sitting, I care about uh, you know these these people greatly. I'm gonna surprise them and just like really like clean this place. Rachel and I are oh, really slick it up while they're gone. Look at you. And so you know we bought out the, you know the the heavy duty vacuum uh, cleaners and heavy the house at my place. And we went and spent some money at Walmart and bought all these various cleaning supplies and just scrubbed the place top to bottom. Now, granted, it's a very beautiful clean home, but we made it extra clean, so yeah. fresh. They came back, everything's ready to go, and. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> oh man, there's a shampoo. Oh, it's vomit. A pile of vomit Saturday night. <laughs> oh man, I thought it was the stinky wet dog food we had to feed him. Three bowls of it. So we clean it up and we reshampoo. So we had a dog, a dog, a dog pukes on the carpet. So the so that was Saturday night. Now by Monday night, Rachel and I had cleaned up our tenth pile of puke. And we oh. elected to celebrate, uh, give ourselves a break, and go treat ourselves to some Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay. Upon our return, not only <laughs> is there what makes to be 12 now piles of puke, but there's a mystery streak through the carpet. <laughs> and it's a deep, pungent brown. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and much like the board on Candyland. I mean, this sounds like a sick, a sick animal, man. Like, this ain't normal. Is it all three of them? Is it just all three of them? All three of them. All three of them. And much like the board on Candyland, it takes you to, it's like this long, (laughs) slithery, you know, golden palace of the Himalayan mountain jackpot. There's a a, a world record pile of dog dung on the carpet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We love to shampoo the carpet. Let's do this again. So we clean it up. And the dog, we find the dog, and he had squatted, you know, and really kind of drug his butt all through the carpet. And this is <laughs> matted into the white hair on the dog. And so we're like, okay, well, um, we should probably try to wash the dog. Uh, we're going to take him to the groomer. And then it's like, well, you need the records. You need all this stuff. And we don't have it. They're off the grid. We can't right. reach the they're, owners of the pets or the, of the home. They're, so. they're actually on a trip, which they are actually out of service, which is remarkable that you can still do it, but you can in this day and it's, age. So It's possible, yeah. man. So we're like, all right, here we go. You know, we got a belly full of boneless wings, a couple of cocktails. We're going to put this dog in the bath. All right. We're going to wash him up. Man. Turn it on and wait, and you got the hand under the faucet, under the faucet, under the faucet. It's ice cold, it's ice cold, it's ice cold, and I'm going, son of a gun. The pilot light's out. The pilot light (laughs) must have gone out on the hot water tank. (laughs) 
go down to the basement. Sure enough, I fire the thing up, get it going again. It's running. Go back up. I'm like, we can't wait. Right. You know, this, we've, we've got to this figure this out. This dog's need to get clean. Because in yeah. the meantime, when I'd gone downstairs to light the pilot light, the dog had gotten up on the couch and sat down. So now there's a poop spot on the couch. And he jumped over <laughs> onto the chair where the blanket was. And there's a freaking poop spot on the quilt. So I'm like, this is getting See, out no, of control. He, he's, getting, he's getting very close oh, here right here. She goes, Tommy, I, I, I've never seen you quite like this. Do, do we need to check in with one another? <sighs> Wasn't the right question to ask. <laughs> so we pick up the dog, we put him in the bath, and it's like, well, here goes our cold bath time, buddy. I don't know what to say. So it's ice cold water, boom, boom. You know, get the feet in there, and it's yeah, cold you're in on the your tub, toes, holding man. the dog. Yeah, yeah. Holding yeah. the dog, and everything stinks. It smells like wet dog. It smells like do- you know dog diarrhea is all over the place. And we're snipping this matted poop out of the dog's butt. And uh, pretty soon he decides it's a great time to go ahead and relieve himself a little more. And I got to tell you, the warm dog poop coming out of this dog felt so nice on my frozen <laughs> oh toes. My God. Oh, oh my God. Seriously. It couldn't get any crazier. So we get the dog's butt trimmed. We get them all washed up. We get them out. I'm freezing. I'm trying to find a sauna in town or a hot tub or whatever. <laughs> Oh, we missed some. So we're trying to put them back in uh, to the tub and boom, pitch black. The house goes silent. Not a light at all. <laughs> Did they forget to pay their power? <laughs> Is that why the water's cold? Good thing there's a flashlight by the door. So out I walk to the front porch. I look up and down the street. Everybody else's house has lights on, porch lights, etc. <laughs> So I go downstairs to the panel, and every single breaker in the house, I've never seen this before. Ghosts. Flipped. They're all gone. Every single one's tripped, sort of halfway. I mean, it's not yeah. like they turned yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, but that's what, they, that's what they do. They it's go American Horror over. Story. So I'm like, okay, well, good thing I wasn't, you know. Good thing they asked me if I knew how to flip a breaker. Totally ignorant to how this works because I would be screwed, right? Turn them all back on, finish wiping the dog uh, up and everything else. Go to bed, and uh, Rachel says, uh, you know, I forgot to brush my teeth. Jumps up. Water starts flying out from under the sink. Tommy, Tommy! <laughs> like, these dogs are going to have to fend for themselves, because I've had enough. Yeah, yeah. So we turn off the water to the sink, go to bed, <laughs> wake up, and I wake up, this is this morning, to a very concerning sort of cry. <laughs> I'm like, uh oh, the dog's fighting out there. And uh, there's that same pungent smell again. Someone had an accident. So we go out. There's poop drug all across the carpet again. Candyland line is back. The Candyland is back. And there's a nice big heaping pile. And the, this other oh, dog's laying kind of by the front. And, and he's laying there yiping and hollering. So I go over to him and I'm petting the dog. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Starts pooping. And it's just, just piles of poop piling up, and and he's looking at me. He goes, ah, and he passes away. Dead. The dog, the dog away. died this morning. Died about four forty-five, <laughs> five a.m. These poor people, the poor, the entire family is off the grid. I can't reach them until Saturday afternoon, and that's when they begin their return to Missoula. 
I mean, so they're going to come home and their house is going to be flooded with no power, no hot water, and a dead dog. Their dog passed away. I don't. I don't. I've never been in a situation like this. This. I this mean, is this is horrendous and and remarkable. The, the dog died while you were petting it this morning, and it was pooping on me and the and the rug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super old dog. But you guys, I don't like. I've never felt so awkward and uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. Well, then I, I bet. Was, I would. I, I wouldn't have known what to no have done vet. about a hundred times. I mean, ago. I know what you do. You send them the podcast of this exact thing right here, <laughs> and you say, "I'm never washing your house again." Thanks for everything. Oh See you later. I'm. I'm honestly kind of nervous talking about this because. No, no, this is on public record. The entire record, no. city is going to know what happened and that they lost their beloved family pet, and they have no idea. I mean, there's clearly this has been ha- hap- How old is this dog? Was this dog? It was an old dog, like 15, 16 years okay, old. Okay, so this, this is an old, I mean, it's an old, an old dog. I mean, at the point that you are talking about the amount of cleanup that has been required here, this is clearly a dog that's not in control of itself any longer. No, yeah, he was struggling. And, he was struggling a lot. You know, that is kind of a telltale sign. Yeah. But the fact that, <laughs> that yeah. we're in the middle yeah. of the week <laughs> and you still got the second half to go. I do wish you the best with the two yeah. remaining. Yeah, I appreciate it that, would, Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe. I, I don't know that I've ever. I'm not saying it's never happened. Certainly it has happened. But I'm not familiar of another situation in which, while on vacation, the house sitter to care for the home and the pets lost one of the animals during it's the course of that time. An awful situation to be in. And prior to their departure... Uh, Rachel, my lovely life partner, Rachel said, that dog's going to die when they're gone. <laughs> she called it. And so we go up to their house for the third meeting and they're like, they said, you know, he's not really eating a lot. He's kind of in and out. Just, just be on the lookout for him. And Rachel said, you guys, if he passes away or something crazy while you're gone, what, you know, what's the plan? What's the protocol? And uh, they said, just don't worry about it. It'll be okay. So what did you, what did you do? I went outside, I had these flip-flops on, and this is exact, kind of like my night camo cozy shirt, boxer so shorts. So you, you wore the shirt that you, you helped this this poor, now deceased animal into work today. That's right. And I sat down <laughs> on the lawn chair. After a week of poop. And I put a little bit of whiskey in my coffee. Ah, I bet you did. And I shook my head, and I shook my head, and I shook my head. For as long as I could. I said, Lord, God, creator of all that's good and holy, what have I done? What is the lesson that I need to learn from being in this situation? I don't know. That no matter what in life, Tommy, everything is going to break, and the only person that's ever going to know how to fix it is you. It's so not me that's the case. Thanks for hearing me out. If anyone has any advice, (laughs) 329-1899. Give me a call. Let me know uh, what what you think we need to do here because I'm, I mean, all sarcasm aside, I'm desperately looking for answers. We did this because we want you to know that your life, whatever's going on in it, you know, there's there's reason to think that it's maybe not the worst one at this particular moment. <laughs> Things are going pretty good for you. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, 
The Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call The Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 